Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You ever seen King Ralph? No, what? Never mind. It's like the <laughs> step good below. Yeah, it's like the step. Move. Robin, every ref, Robin, every <laughs> reference. Well, y'all seen this? Like, no, Rob, no, no Rob. Who the fuck is this? Relatable, normal human reference. <laughs> What's good in that? Welcome to Waypoint. <laughs> these are all staying. I want to figure out how to get these in. No, this is just nope. we started. Yeah, we've already started. They're in yeah. here. <laughs> like. What's good, Internet? It's July 8th, 2022, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 492. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Patrick Lepic. I'm here. Renata Price. Uh, hello. Ricardo Contreras, I just got signed out wow. of the document. Because <laughs> Vice, oh, my God. Vice <laughs> IT. introducing us without you the document? Who do I work with? Welcome, welcome I to Waypoint I, Radio. Welcome to... Oh, uh, which Patreon is this? Uh, Patreon.com slash civilized. <laughs> Jesus. Can't keep them straight. Are you logging back in? You can't just keep the podcast going? Uh, no. I understand no, I this. Unless I, I think we gotta be out of here you know by what? four. Don't just give it dead <laughs> okay, air. Here's, just here's, here's, a th- here's a, just a fun thought experiment. Imagine mm. an IT department that can keep you logged in for the 30 days when you say, remember this computer for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Just imagine not having to re-authenticate your session uh, to your corporate email every two days. Just did imagine you, it. Did you log into a different computer? Yeah, Kato is possible. I committed the great crime. <laughs> Of using a laptop and a desktop in the same twenty-four hour period. <sighs> it's it's rough. I don't understand what's going on there. I feel like I get stints of it where um it's like fine. And like I'll actually go like twenty days without right. having to reauthenticate. But then it just goes completely sicko mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every once and in a while it's just like fuck you. Yeah, like and always like right when you're in the middle of something where it's time to log you always. out. Uh, I hope you have your phone next to you. <laughs> Anyway, Rem- hey, but this that? is the this is why I needed the script. I, I do have hey, a question. Sh- no, ca- uh, okay. no, Ren, sorry, we're in the script. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Hey, good news, everybody. Remember E3? There's a little high concept, so we're just going to get to it. Hey, good oh news, everybody. Oh Remember E3? Well, now you can call it re 3 which I suppose doesn't Jesus really Christ. sound right when I no, say it out loud. I'm, that's, but, so I'm if done. you see my script, a syllable I can't, I can't actually leave this call because I'm recording a backup, but I'm taking my headphones on and walking away. If you, Look, if you could see my script, you'd see I took the word read. 
Well, right, kind so of, if, you could just, second... if you could just figure out how a webcam works, then we could see you walk off. If, if either of our producers had a webcam yeah. that worked. No, 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 uh, no, no. I have, a, I have a webcam every other fu- every other fucking recording session, except for what I'm, I am doing, I am visiting my, my girlfriend. Rob hates it when women see each other. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps happening. But what's Kato's excuse? Um, well, he just, he sings in a way we all find disturbing and has bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I we I fixed the desync. The issue is that I only have one, and it's a pain to move it between my streaming computer, where it's more important to have the camera connected. Thirty dollars <laughs> webcam. I don't have what money. Is wrong one with day. you? Kata, one <laughs> day. Money? Who, who has money? <laughs> you one can day. expect a thirty dollars webcam. You're a producer for a website with a successful oh. boy boy plus. Wait, I can expect right. that. <laughs> oh, do not do not play. Do not. No, hold on. I thought that would you be wanna, a desk hey, thing. Do you wanna, I thought we weren't hey, allowed Kata, to get you desk ex- things. Do you want to expense a second mouse while you're at it, you little freak? <laughs> you, fucking, you fucking Apple mouse That's, that's too close to normal be. office supplies. and We can't get oh, this. Remember that handsome leather mouse we saw? Oh, um, but handsome. I can't buy it now because somebody said it had strong Jordan Peterson energy. And, uh, it so, went viral now. It went viral recently, yeah. and I saw it, and I was dying. I was like, <laughs> like Rava's never going to speak about this mouse. <laughs> never going to speak. Sorry, the mouse is dead. I can't. Uh, do it. For me, <laughs> this mouse represents the height of the Western empires and kind of our ability to. <laughs> is that your Kermit the Frog? <laughs> it is unfortunately distressingly true to Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Have you not listened to Jordan Peterson recently, Patrick? Because that is like barely a step away from what he sounds like. This is not. That is not good. Really broad impression. That is pretty much like how that weird little man sounds. Uh, I saw some which, Command and Conquer villain talking me that he was going to cancel people on on Twitter. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's, no, I, uh, anyway, but the point is, re three d. So if you see my script, you take the word read, mm-hmm. take that second e, mm-hmm. flip it around into a three, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we all know is is elite speak e. Right. Yeah. And then a letter that is a number at once. Right. And then you get E3 right in the middle of the word read. And that makes sense. Well, okay. I didn't explain why I'm doing this. Uh, read? This makes sense because Read Pop, the conventions read company. Read Pop, that, right. Read Pop, yes. The conventions conglomerate that runs uh-huh. Penny Arcade Expo and um, or owns Eurogamer and Rock Paper Shotgun and does the Eurogamer do, like, Expo the stuff. the anime expos or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Huge, they, own like, every, they own everything there. now. Basically, like, if there is a convention that is decided, oh, man, it's annoying to run a convention. Reed Pop has got its fingers out. Hey. He's, like, <laughs> rubbing those palms together. I'll take that. Take that convention off oh. you. I got it. And, boy, the ESA is motivated to sell, uh, <laughs> let, us, let us say. Uh, so, Patrick... Uh, E3 saved or E3 just like a looted corpse that is being sort of turned into Penny Arcade LA? Uh, I mean, is the latter like the best case for the former? You know what I mean? Uh, I think like I think E3 becoming PAX LA is is probably what this becomes. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens because you've had Keeley, you know, taking like not so increasingly not so subtle pot shots at an organization that he you know has worked with for years and the summer game fast nice game f- game yeah you fast. did it you did it you got it in one patrick good job thank you thank <laughs> man, you man it's gonna be harper no, and they don't know that it's, bell it's, it's yeah i was fine. gonna say i was just trying to avoid a bell um 
And uh, he wasn't going to do the bit again. He learned his lesson. Nah, yeah, no, yeah. He would be, w- he would be, he would get canceled. <laughs> I'm canceled. We'll see who gets canceled. canceled, you son of a bitch. <laughs> God, God him, just, just, just shoving it into different parts of the podcast. <laughs> oh. Anyway, the, you know, Keely sort of proposed, you know, his thing as kind of a, like kind of pseudo replacement, even going so far as to have a, boutique in-person uh events that we were invited to and it's just the timing didn't work out with the uh the the june stream that we were already already planning um and also we don't do a ton of like previews coverage at at waypoint but uh like that's the kind of thing that you could imagine oh next year like that's two or three days and there's a public day and there's a private day which is like what e3 and gamescom and like every other kind of like press public event does and if e3 ends up being roughly the same time as Keeley's things next year, they're already in the lead up to when we, I had first heard the Keeley thing was happening and they were like, kind of like, Hey, hush, hush. And then you'd hear from other publishers who were like, Hey, hush, hush. Could we, should we organize a thing? Are you going? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy to imagine what ends up happening is Keeley getting to say, I've made my own E3 or mini E3. And then E3 saying we've made our own packs. And then all the game publishers going, well, you're all in the same two week window anyway. We'll just do some events around it. And they've just like fan out, like just like through a bunch of different blocks, just produced a smaller, but basically just what E3 ended up being by the end anyway, was major game publishers like electronic arts, Sony ditching the expo floor and doing their own side events. And it, it's like not hard to imagine. That's just what it ends up becoming again is There'll be enough of a reason for like our group to to maybe go out next year because between Keeley and E3 proper, there'd be enough stuff to do a bunch of podcasts and streams <laughs> that were worth talking about. And then we just end up where we started, but also way more Nintendo Direct style events right. all year long. And that is a metaphor for the future of the United States of America. Can uh, you elaborate on that, Rob? Oh, you know, just... Uh, sort of dissolving into spiteful passive aggression uh, and then a balkanization that <laughs> fundamentally changes nothing, uh, <laughs> but also leaves everybody in closely in uncomfortably close proximity to just resent the shit out of each other from across the street. Okay. Yeah, that works. I'll be honest. <laughs> the first 15 minutes of this podcast have made me more worried for, for a, for a host, <laughs> for a host of a show that I'm on. It felt this was, this has been incredible. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Slowly sips a beer in response to that <laughs> commentary observation. Not quite critique, just you no, know, no, just a just a helpful helpful observation. It's a vibes uh, note. Our vibes <laughs> rule today. I love this. Good Legitimately, this good is good. Yeah, I don't know what E 3s vibes are. Uh, they're, they're, this is well, they best couldn't have gotten scenario. worse, no, right? Like, no. I mean, well, they could. They could have. They could have gone insolvent, and so I, I guess in theory, it could have gotten worse. Um, because they're probably getting pennies on the dollar for like their, you know, the, the sale of this. Um, but E3 has cachet. It is a brand. And if you were starting an expo that was video game based in LA, you'd you'd rather have E3 attached to it than not, right? Like E3 right. means more to a video game fan than it does PAX. And so even if it is PAX, it's like, hey, people like to announce things in June. It fits within the yearly cycle anyway, even though that's been di- distributed quite a bit in, in the like intervening years. So uh, I guess as they get, to, I think Microsoft already committed um, like to, to showing up. So um, they like doing the June thing. Um, that is like Microsoft is, is just refuses to give up 
uh, <laughs> on that on that timing um, and probably to their benefit, right? Like everyone else kind of gets out of the way. Wonder, and, and so I wonder whether or not that has something to do with uh, U.S. specific tax stuff. Where what like do you mean? the way that their cycles work out, it makes sense for them to make all their announcements at that point. But other places that are outside of the states do a more spread out thing because it does feel like microsoft doesn't do as many mini events during the year yeah they do i don't know i think like xbox as big as it seems to us is like uh like a small like drop in the ocean that is microsoft's pivot to cloud-based uh (laughs) initiatives that is where they make all of their money these days so sometimes that is true right we're like game companies where we release a game it's like we've been delayed till march but we will not be delayed past march 31st you know 20xx <laughs> because we need to show those first day sales uh on our quarterly results um but uh i, I just think i just think like, it's just habit i think they, i think they like it they like doing you know mm-hmm. i mean nintendo stuck around e3 for the longest time too even though uh it you know increasingly didn't didn't make as much sense for them so yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll probably be fine. Look, I want an excuse to get us all together and go to L.A. and record a bunch of pods in person and be super tired for a week. I, feel, <laughs> I actually like miss that. At I this haven't point. said, how's your show going uh, in like three years? Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that again. <laughs> and I want to introduce Ren to it. I I started writing about video games uh, in the summer well that's not why i started writing my videos but i started like i had a job uh for the first time in the summer of 2020 uh and so fucking not a not a single not a single interaction with my with an extended group of my peers before just just has not just has not happened the only way i have ever known people is through twitter (laughs) um or uh uh shit at um like getting drinks after work when i worked at kotaku but that is that is that is it yeah i i am just so the thing that i can sort of see is i i like i never attended like a egx right i'm curious if the vibes that roughly stayed the same after like read pop took it over um because like part of it is also they took they, they took things that were a bit more grassroots let's say and now they've sort of been folded up into a large uh a large company that does these these expos i'm curious like like for people who can sort of compare and contrast them whether there's sort of a whether there's any sort of distinctive vibes uh left to any of these things because i think one of the things that i'm curious about with the future of e3 is i could see it making a lot of sense for like wanting a penny arcade style thing in southern california like obviously why wouldn't you want to do something like that did you see the lines for anime expo um yeah i did i I did concerning but you know i don't think that's all anime expo i think is also run by by read pop um and uh i'm just stuff like that look at that and you know i mean obviously anime is kind of having a moment of like like it's bigger than ever but that that it is. I think like, I know. The trends, the trends reporter thing. Anime is having is a having moment. a moment. It's bigger than ever. Um, it's the best Destiny Two's ever been. <laughs> Madden twenty twenty two. It's the best it's ever been. Um, but you but, you see stuff like that. You can you immediately see. Yeah, we just we just rolled out one of these for video games and the. 
the video game companies that, uh, you know, are showing up uh, to these other expos. They just whoop, plop this over, bring it to the next one. And, you know, the only question there is like, is, you know, how much of it is it is it worthwhile to folks like press and retail at the point that it's becoming just regional pop-ups of the same exact show in right. different areas? Um, you know, that's just a, and plus the last, the last E3 that was, you know, the most fan centric, it was terrible. It was an, whatever you think of Repop and PAX, um, or would Repop even did to PAX, even, even PAX at its like worst or most read popish, there were things to do. There was nothing to do at E3 if you were a fan. Like it no, was, I, like I would say E3 2020 when it was when it was canceled for COVID was more fun than 2019, where it was like trying to open itself up a bit more. And yeah, it was it was dire. It was it was half empty, and then there was really no worthwhile fan experience that they ever figured out. No, but that's but that I think is part of the weird thing where. I could see them wanting to avoid doing what you described where it's a just a pop-up of the same show again and again and again. But E3 is such a slot bucket of PR, basically. <laughs> like, that is what, like, historically the show is. It's just like, come on in, little piggies. Get in there. Get your trailers. <laughs> get your hands on. Get your demos. And, like, it is... If it is more fan centric and has value for those folks, I think the weird thing you lose is the sense of, uh, oh, and this is still the 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 really cool like announcement uh, like trade show uh, that it has historically been. I think a trade show and a fan convention have a different vibe, and uh, yeah. and and the truth is like the trade show model just has made less and less sense for video games for years. Uh, so I'm curious if they try to preserve any of that or uh, if they just entirely uh let it die and you know call call time on that entire era i need um, to go to another uh meeting in those upper halls rob i can't die without having done that one more time i need to walk three quarters of a mile across uh the most <laughs> durable carpet fibers known to man oh, uh to take a pair of back-to-back 15-minute meetings uh that are each running 25 <laughs> minutes late <laughs> really and and if i could get stuck in a food court traffic jam uh in the middle of that mwah, oh i could die a happy man uh but hey you know it occurs to me i might have found us a segue isn't that cool? I, I, don't you love it when this stuff like that happens just naturally? I do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we got we got the the age of E three uh, sort of turning over, turning over a new leaf. Uh, Ren, you've been playing like Animal Crossing New Leaf. Well, that's not where I was going, Kato. Uh, you, really, you really stepped <laughs> all over that. No Real clue Ricardo. where Ren is going. Well, Ren, you should have known because you've been you've been playing and writing about Last Call BBS. Oh. Uh, which is sort of the the end of an era for a developer or a development team uh, and a reflection on an internet culture uh, whose gonna, time has passed. Then you're going to make a food court segue because there's a... We can stop being meta There's a game this. in there. There's a- <laughs> Let Ren speak. Allyship. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> hey, Kato, can you go back? Kato, stop being meta. You can leave this part in, but... But can you put it the ding that you did yeah, for the um, summer yeah. after he does the allyship <laughs> yep. part? Yeah, you can keep both these parts in; it's fine. But just <laughs> letting you know, um, Ren, I'm sorry. I, th- I saw this going better in my head. 
It's okay. No worries, Rob. Hey, listen. Good allyship is about being uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, and sometimes it's that uncomfortability comes from your own don't bit kind of do the elevator the picture. Fucking stop it! Get your hand off your chest. Oh my god, I'm I'm uncomfortable now. So I've been playing a lot of la- a lot of Last Call PPS, which is the final game from uh, Indie Darlings Actronics, who announced that they were closing on their own terms. Uh, a I believe at the during the middle of June, uh, they said that they would be closing. Um, at least that is when I, I read about them. Uh, they're closing. Uh, they have made a bunch of very unique puzzle games for the entirety of their existence, uh, and that are just odd little passion projects. Um, that were extremely popular with a very small audience that was utterly dedicated, uh, and they never had like a capital B big hit. Um, their most famous game is Chemtech, uh, and so after I believe sixteen releases, uh, they are finishing with Last Call BBS, uh, which is basically a send off to the studio. Uh, and is a collection of nine different puzzle games, actually, no, eight different puzzle games, uh, all wrapped up in this, like, faux 1980s, um, like, computer aesthetics. Uh, like, it's actually not 1980s, probably more like mid-90s, mid-early 90s, uh, internet uh, and, like, computer aesthetics in the loosest version you can imagine. The literal aesthetics are not direct representations of, like, 1980s and 1990s computing, uh, but they do attempt to get across a particular vibe and it, that it exceeds like utterly. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a really neat, uh, a really neat collection of games. Uh, you wrote a really good essay about the experience, like coming to grips with it and sort of the vibe is channeling, but, but I am curious. Uh, it is like quite self-consciously a period piece, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, about, about sort of a, a moment, uh, or a series of moments in the development of the internet. I'm I'm curious, uh, like, where's it? Like, what's the overall conceit? Like, like, where are you situated in this? And what story do you think it's telling about like our recent past? So it is. You are basically given your player character is given a computer by a friend of theirs uh, who ran a we- who ran the website last called BBS um, and was basically in charge of uploading a bunch of different shareware games and basically it's a it's a personal website in like the truest sense and like mm-hmm. the true sense not even the personal blog era right it is a game that has no interest in forums and like forum culture it's a game that does not have interest in in the blogosphere none of that it is solely interested in an era of the internet based around people doing things that they found personally interesting kind of for the sake of doing the thing that they found personally interesting <laughs> because um, there was no way to share it <laughs> exactly yeah right because this is, no this to- is this is like right before like uh, uh this is more of like a rob cotto question but like I, I played a little bit of this and just to, to get the vibe and aesthetic and it's like it's at the edge of the aol like cyber or what, what was that CompuServe, CompuServe prodigy but it's like a little bit before that so yeah. it's still a dial up like the bbs era is a little before my time on mm-hmm. computers like bbs has still existed well not no it wasn't bbs it's bbs is you dialing into a forum basically like like i i saw usenet like and that's where i like my first piracy was on usenet like <laughs> using aol to to dial in so like the, the aesthetic here was like interesting to me because it was still like it, it was nostalgic because I I brushed up against this era 
that like got onto computers as they as though it still maintained some of that aesthetic, but had moved into a different like era of connectivity on the on the internet itself. Mm-hmm. Part of the thing that I found really interesting about its aesthetic is that the player character did not grow up with it. Uh, the uh, basically the the character who's writing a bunch of memos to you sprinkled throughout the this computer and that like pop up when you open different games uh, is basically very uncomfortable with the idea of thinking of these as retro games uh, and makes that ex- that uncomfort explicit to the player character in, in a way that I find really interesting because in in that way it becomes not just a nostalgia trip but a nostalgia trip being handed over to someone else it is explicitly about the way that new people approach the recent past people who did not experience it approach the recent past uh, and i think that is really interesting uh and it it does this like aesthetically it does this in terms of like the way it's like written discourse works uh one thing i find like really interesting is there is not a personal website where, like, this guy's thoughts are held. It, they are in memos, right? But the memos feel like things that you would find on some random person's personal website. It has that same rhetorical character, and it has that same, like, social motive of someone ostensibly writing for, quote-unquote, for an audience, but actually just writing about a thing that they find deeply exciting. Uh, and it, it it is really intimate, Uh it is a it is a really intimate framing device because you know that you were given this computer as a gift and also all of the writing therein is from a very close perspective to the history of all of the different like texts you're interacting with. I am curious and Patrick, I think you also like had this concern a little bit. Um, Zactronics games are a land of <laughs> contrast, certainly. Um, like they're not all like this, but some of their games, I would say, can be intimidatingly abstract, like mm-hmm. puzzlers. Mm-hmm. And I think Patrick and I both share a reticence uh, to be uh, just completely owned uh, by. Uh, Eliza is not a Zagatronics game, right? It is. It is. It is. It is. Like, okay. I'll, yes. But uh, you know what? It isn't. <laughs> because <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> because my experience with Zagatronics is. Folks like Austin and other people I follow on like on Twitter who would be like, damn, new Zagatronics is out. Um, love this shit. And then I look at an image and go, that's inscrutable. And then I load it up and like, this is going to be the one for me. And then I go, that's inscrutable. <laughs> and then I turn it off because these like it's a kind of uh, puzzle game that just my brain looks at and goes, it won't happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's okay. You don't even have to feel bad. Because like when something when you just know something's not gonna happen, you can't even feel part like a personal failure. This isn't a mountain you can climb. Like there's just a big no sign. Yep. And so I, I had this <laughs> this funny moment where not only did I want to check this out so that I could like participate in the Yeah, Brent, yep, yep. Like though yeah. that is what I yeah. think about when I see a Zachatronics game Sicko and some people look at that yes. and go, Yes, like time to turn into a grand yeah, the noises Ooh. the Kato were making. And then I look at that and go, I, <laughs> uh like that's the noise I make every time. And I proposed to Ren, who is new to these games, uh you know, you know, what is your response to this? I know you don't have a history with with these games. 
Um, Look at these scri- the screenshots. The robotics club history, though, I think is an advantage here. This <laughs> is, is, is a, I feel a, like I think we got a fucking advantage. ringer here because uh, to, to me, I look at this electronics game. And it's like somebody took a chemistry set and an erector set and dropped a hand grenade and a both. And <laughs> like, boom, there you go. Have fun. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think. Um, Wait, what is the secret? What I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is I loaded this one up thinking, could this one be different? Because Ren proposed that it might be. And. Uh, the, the answer, dear listener, was not. Um, like the closest I got was the one, this last one that's been pasted that is essentially like a minesweeper adjacent game where you're trying to figure out the Picross. pathing. It's Picross. For, yeah, it's not, you know who's fucking bad Picross. at Picross? Me. You know who doesn't play Picross? Uh, me. It's not exactly so, <laughs> Picross, but it's very Picross adjacent. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, yeah, it's playing in that same space where you're like, you, you're, you're, you have the numbers, numbers along the side of how many blocks are in a row and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's what so. if Picross had a very particular. I, now I'm saying Picross instead of Picross. It's what it's if Picross. Oh my God. Also, had a very particular Patrick, set of rules that you had to follow that were really, really fun to play with. Yeah. They like, yes. they like remove the one rule about Picross where usually. Um, the numbers mean that's a solid, a continuous block. Uh, instead, added a couple other things around, like enemies that are placed on this little map that uh, give you different logic to work around with. Uh, Patrick, I'm sorry, I, uh, it's Zachtronics. Don't care. <laughs> what, 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 what was Patrick saying? He was saying Zachatronics. Zachatronics? Yeah. Well, that's an odd. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I thought I was mis. I thought I was mishearing it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Zachtronis is also the name of the company they break into in sneakers. Um, so in terms of, but, but Ren, you, it clicked with you. Like, it sounds like not only did you roughly like grok how the, the logic of the puzzles, but then you were also having that great moment of like, like stepping away from a thing and then having the Eureka moment. Yeah, I'm going to talk about two times I stepped away from the computer while playing this game. The first time was when I downloaded the game that I sent everyone, the first game in the collection, uh, which I believe is called Dungeons and Diagrams. Uh, And in Dungeons and Diagrams, that is that Picross S game we talked about, right? During that download, the game has a fake download screen that you go to. It takes about a minute and a half to download any of these games, during which I stepped up and I was like, while this downloads, I'm just going to go real quick, get some water. I got the water. I was like, while I'm over here, I might as well just go brush my teeth. And I go brush my teeth, get my water, walk back to my room. And I'm like, I've never done that during a loading screen before. This is a really effective tone setter because this game is, is doing a really good job of telling you how it wants to be enjoyed and like telling you, hey, this is not a immediate gratification game. This is a sit down, take your time and like, ex- like save for this. And I think that is in and of itself a really cool, like in some ways annoying, but also a, a really cool like aesthetic maneuver to kind of as a as a tone setting piece. Now, dear listener, but, if you if you hear this and you worry, but what do I what if I want to just sit down and keep playing a game? There's solitaire in the game, so you can play solitaire while things download, which is what I did, and then I would end up continuing to play solitaire because I was like, oh, I can get one more win before I start this other game that I just downloaded, and then I would pay. Oh, what's my hour count right now? Oh, God. Not again. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm at seven hours. I think sure about four of those. But the thing, the weird thing is you only downloaded this game at 11 a.m. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Got to so yeah. prep for the podcast and pay uh, play uh, seven hours of solitaire. <laughs> I... 
<laughs> These fake games are taking a while to download. The other one that uh, Rob mentioned is the time where I got up from a computer after completing a level. The second game in the collection is called 20th Century Food Court. And in 20th Century Food Court, you effectively produce an assembly line for making 20th century foods for a far future audience. Um, the, the kinds of foods that they do are really varied, but it is tremendously fun for my little brain mm-hmm. because it is a... It is it is hitting all of the buttons that coding used to hit for me and like electrical engineering used to hit for me uh, when I was um, like studying uh, engineering and robotics in high school. Um, And like setting up a board like this legitimately took me back to that moment in my life in a way that I find really satisfying. But I'm going to describe the problem that I had. The thing that you have to do is you have to make three different kinds of ice cream cones. Ugh. Sorry, actually six different, uh, actually it's nine different kinds of ice cream cones. Small, medium, and large, and chocolate, vanilla, and twist. And you have to basically create a set of logical triggers that tell the machine what to do and what parts it needs to be using. So, for example, you have the ice cream, you have the cone machine, and then you have the tray. The tray comes out, the tray sits underneath a stacker, the cone comes out, the cone is then put on the tray. Great. Really simple, basic, like, logic thing. The stacker, once it has stacked something, knows that it should then eject whatever that thing is. And so the ice cream cone gets to the tray, it stacks, and it ejects. That is the simplest logic you're going to get in this game. Moves forward, and it arrives at a sorter. The sorter holds it until it receives a command that tells it what direction to send the tray in. Next to the sorter is a barcode scanner. The scanner reads the tray and tells uh, the rest of the system what the order was. And then the ice cream machine reads what the scanner told it and then puts out the particular flavor of ice cream it should and then uses the initial wow. uh, order to set the amount of scoops it should apply to the cone. And then once all of that is done, it's uh, once the counter hits zero, it pushes it off and sends it away. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've, I've explained a lot, but that is, that is how it works, right? That was, my, that was my end solution. But on my first attempt... I added a sequencer. And what the sequencer did was the sequencer would go, okay, sequence. Uh, the sequencer basically lets you set, set a set number of outputs to do in response to like a, a trigger. Uh, so in this case, uh, the sequencer had A, B, C, and D as its outputs. Um, And so I told it to do, do A, then B, then C, then D. A was the command to to dispense chocolate ice cream. B was the command to dispense vanilla ice cream. (laughs) C was the command to dispense both chocolate and vanilla ice cream. And then D was the command... Uh, that Reese that reduced the counter by one and that also ejected 
the um uh that also told the uh sorter to check if it should eject the um uh the tray and here's the thing folks the sequencer was not necessary <laughs> the entire Even, thing was redundant set of commands yes because what was happening was the way that i did it was there's uh <clears throat> there's and statements when you're doing logic like this and there's or statements and statements you need two things to happen. You need one thing to be true, and you need one of another three things to be true. Or statements uh, basically just multiply uh, outputs. So, you know, if any of these, if any of out input A, B, C, or D are true, then output the same thing, right? And so I have in here 12 and or statements. Because once the sequencer does the thing, the sequencer <laughs> sends a signal to the to the to the and statement and says, "Hey, check if this order is chocolate." And if the order is chocolate, then the a command goes through the chocolate and statement. That is the only way the sequence actually sends the information through. And so every time it got there, it would take four turns checking over and over again. Is this chocolate? No. <laughs> is this vanilla? No. No. Is this twist? Yeah! yeah. Woo! <laughs> so right, the game twist. lovingly One recreated the experience of having written incredibly shitty and efficient code. <laughs> One scoop has been deployed. Hey, is this chocolate? <laughs> no. Is this vanilla? No. Is this twist? Oh, hell yeah! Let's go! Oh my God. Scoop two has been deployed. Hey, is this chocolate? No. Is this vanilla? No. And it would just do that over and over again. The twist... Now... Sorry, I was going to say, there's only two... I think this is also... There's only two things you can tell the the, the ice cream no, machine to do. you can send both commands. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. You have, to, you have to send both commands, but... This is a... The thing that I did <laughs> yeah. is an exceptionally clever solution... To a problem that I did not have. I thought, and I was wrong, that to get a twist ice cream cone, what you had to do was send a chocolate scoop and then a vanilla scoop, and then the game would just be like, that's twist. You sent one chocolate, one vanilla, we're just going <laughs> to interpret this as twist. And so, if that had been the case, this would have been a very clever solution. <laughs> to this problem because the computer would be like oh i have to check if it's a or b like if it's a if the a b c thing would have made sense right because the computer has to check every single time oh if it's twist it's i can both. just tell yeah. yeah i can say i can say do these two actions in sequence right that is the purpose of the sequencer <laughs> however that is not how you make twist ice cream <laughs> And so I'd made all of this fucking bullshit 
all this stupid fucking bullshit. And I was like, good job, Renata. I'm going to go put my eyeliner on for the day. And I walked away from my computer. I put on my eyeliner and I've had one wing on. And then I went, oh, fuck me. You don't need the sequencer. (laughs) And then I started wandering around my house, mumbling to myself, going, you don't need the sequencer. You don't need the sequencer. I don't even I don't even think you need the scanner. You don't need the scanner or the sequencer. You can just you can just take the base command and you don't need you don't need the sequencer or the scanner at all. <laughs> you don't need the sequencer or the scanner at all. I think you need the scanner though, don't you? You do fucking need the scanner, let me tell you. I was wrong about that. So then I redesigned it from oh, scratch. Wait, you could just use a sensor the though. Kato, I know. Kato, Kato. We okay, can't you two do need this. to get on a stream and do this instead of doing it on the podcast. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just looking. I'm like, looking. I went and checked mine. Stop. I was like, look at how weird. Yeah, these they are, are now. They are now checking each other's code. Yeah, uh, you can live. do that. You can do that on a stream next pod, Tuesday. Pod, pod. Uh, I meanwhile, I'm looking up where's the, the nearest Dairy Queen. You have three counters. Well, what are you do it. I needed. That's counting the amount of scoops for each type of chocolate, well, vanilla, we're or twist. While we take a break. Uh, we'll be you right can back catch up on this at twitch.tv slash waypoint next week. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, decompile this code, figure out what's going on with the ice cream machine, uh, and we will get back to you after the break. Uh, meanwhile, the nearest Dairy Queen near me, because uh, I'm trying to figure out how far would I have to go to get a <laughs> get a twist cone. Uh, it looks like it's about 25 minutes. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's not as bad as I feared. Um, so I know what my plans are because uh, that is still just hearing, just hearing, just remembering so that twenty minute can... break, and we'll come back to talk about more games. No, no, no. wait, wait, sorry, uh, forty is... minute because <laughs> you have to do the round trip. No, so that, this is my Friday, so I'll be doing this after the show. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, after I'm off on my off on my weekend, uh, we'll be right back uh, after this break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back. Uh, hey, you know, all this, all this... Uh, dairy, dairy Queen discussion. I almost call it Dairy Cream, which is what I mm. called it when I was a little kid because I didn't understand, I couldn't read, uh, but I but I knew what I wanted, which was Dairy Queen <laughs> uh, and that delicious cream they serve there. Anyway, the point is, all this makes me want to ask Patrick about Clawy, uh, oh a, a thing for kids, yeah. a thing for kids. Yeah. Uh, another another hearkening to uh, childhood treasures and experiences. Uh, Patrick, tell me about Clawy. So Clawy is, is a 
I'm sorry. Is Rob doing what? uwu voice or is that just what no, is happening? No, Claw-y, Claw-y. Claw-y. Um, I don't know how you like, how you pronounce it without Claw- doing Claw-y? that voice. Yeah, Claw-y. C-A- he's, he's hitting C-L-A-W. the W in a way where I'm like Chloe. Cla- so how would you how would you pronounce C L A W E E? Claw Claw E Claw. I think I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Do it without. I'm not saying like it's saying wrong. It. I just like yeah. it sounded like a woo voice, and I needed to know what was happening. <laughs> the the Clawy is Lawy. Anyway, no! <laughs> so uh, I, you know, part, part of my thing is like, as my uh, oldest daughter, who will be six soon, like gets exposed to things through older kids. I want to make sure that like I have some sense of like how it works, right? Like that's why I got into Roblox, um, and I like avoided TikTok for a long time, despite thinking that I probably would enjoy it. Um, uh, I was like, she was finally hearing about it, seeing it on like a friend's older, older kid's phone or tablet or something. I was like, All right, I didn't understand the TikTok thing. And so I, sometimes when I'm putting her to sleep, uh, we'll like read books, brush our teeth. And then I was like, all right, we can scroll through TikTok for, for five minutes. And so we've gotten the algorithm down to just <clears throat> occasionally inappropriate videos of mm. Kermit swearing and like hitting <laughs> someone that I skip through very quickly. Uh, and then like kids doing funny things and animals doing funny things. But then there's ads and the ads are always like in the TikTok style. So occasionally she'll want to stop. And, like, can we watch this? I'm like, it's just a shitty mobile game. Like, <laughs> like, no, we're going fast. But this one that really caught her attention was called, uh, yeah, Clawy. And I think there are like various versions of these, but we downloaded it and I was actually sort of compelled by it as well. It is an app that lets you remotely interact with like a warehouse of claw machines. Oh no. And you can then, uh, win, you know, so it's got a, you know, it's got an interface. It's got, uh, two different. And then this one anyway, it's got like two different cameras, like one that looks forward at the machine and one on the side. Uh, and you can switch between those. It's very slow. You kind of want to like do your research and then just commit. Um, and there's like a big blue button in the center that like moves the, the claw. So you can move it, you know, from, to the right and then two up like a kind of a traditional claw machine. And we've like gone down like a, like it would be so much cheaper for me to, to just look, Jessica, do you want to just go on Amazon and like, just like what plushie do you want? But of course, like all good claw machines, they're exploitative trash. That is so much fun. <laughs> like, it is like low risk gambling for a child. Like I, I acknowledge that, but it's super fun. And like the tension of I've never gotten mad at my child when I've played a video game with them because I try to be like very understanding that she's like to have her own failures and I just try and help her. I have had to restrain myself a couple of times watching her do this fucking claw yap. And it was like, we, we talk in advance, like what's the strategy? Cause she doesn't want me to touch it. She doesn't want me to, to hold the button, even though she doesn't have a good sense because she's, five of like how long you should hold it right and how long you should hold it up we've got the right down left to right we get a good sense of the depth part understandably That's does not tough. a good sense of I it mean, is le- this is how i ended up spending three hours trying to complete a claw machine quest in uh judgment oh uh, really where, oh yeah there's claw, <laughs> like there's there's a quest that only advances if you fish out one particular toy from a claw machine and on the sc- the screen can produce the the little bit of parallax thing moving side to side so that like uh-huh. all scans the minute it's like and then you need to like fish it out from the back there i'm like yeah. i have no idea where the back is <laughs> on this screen i'm like timing it now just like hoping <laughs> right and so 
that is like we have done things like that where uh like there's this there's a daily right where you can get some like free coins that aren't enough to like really do anything but like you, they refresh every 24 hours and i've done like one two i was like what is the pace of this thing so that then i can do that with my daughter i'm like okay i think this is three seconds back and so it's like hold it and you get to hold it because it's important that you hold it and I do want her to like fail so she can understand that like I'm not just going to go on Amazon and buy you this little plushie like it's part of the game and uh it's like but it's like one two and she's messed it up or her finger slips I'm just like I've, <laughs> she calls me out on swears now I'm just like, oh fuck she's like what'd you say <laughs> so did you just swear and I was like uh, yeah yeah I did daddy messed up he got he got the count wrong that's on dad that is definitely on dad you didn't do anything wrong uh Jessica and it's so goofy because she's won two of them but then. Oh, it's just a money pit. It is just a money pit because they won't ship anything until you pay extra yeah. on top. So it's like, hey, so what they're trying to kind of encourage you to do is like win a bunch of them and then pay like the $8. But I pay, she won one, was very excited. And so I paid like the eight bucks that also gives you some coins to do some more pulls. <laughs> but it's like, we'll have you tracking order and uh, a tracking number in two weeks. But like the fine print is like, it's probably going to be like eight weeks, which means like you're not going to get this for two and a half months. And then I like looked up on a Reddit about this game and it's like, hey, like these are all like very questionable. Like they say they have like Mickey Mouse and Pokemon. Well, what they have is they go to Alibaba, like mm-hmm. the Amazon equivalent uh, and like just mass purchase. Here's a these, yellow like, blob. <laughs> yeah. Apparently the quality is awful. Like it's it, but your kids love Pikachu or Big Bird. <laughs> and, and I mean that is it. that all of that but like and that is all true and like the tech for it is like really uh like kind of wonky but like it's really fucking fun like sure. it is a money pit but like I have ordered her no robux to buy like a little pink dress or whatever in those games I've just kept my stand oh. there but have I probably put like 30 to 40 dollars into Chloe <laughs> like at this point, like Christ. I think I have. And we've only uh, gotten we've only gotten two things out of it. But that I feel like that's normal for a claw machine. Have you seen how much they charge you to do a claw machine at an arcade yeah. like these days at a Dave and Buster's or an equivalent? It's like, yeah, do you want to pay two fifty for a shot at jack shit? Like that's what that's what claw machines are uh right now. But uh it's fun. I don't recommend it because it is like feels a little addictive. <laughs> and like it's just like, ooh. Guess I will try and get another one of these little stuffies. That but, shit uh, is like a decent again. Like once I finished that quest in Judgment, I didn't stop going through <laughs> the claw machines. I was like, I'm getting good at this now. I'm yes, now we're now yes. we're cooking. Uh, especially, does this game get the experience of when you knock the thing to the side with mm. the claw machine, and so now you've changed its coordinates and yes. you have to like fish it? Do, okay, so the game is sorts. Um the price of the prizes into different levels, right? And like that also corresponds with how expensive it is. You're using coins, right? So you're like, the more, it's just like anything else. The more you pay up front, the more coins you get, so the more chances you get. And the daily is just about getting like a ball that you'd see in a ball pit and the different colors correspond to like a number of coins you can get. At bare minimum, you're spending 150 to 200 coins. And sometimes those uh, coins that come out of the ball pit, you can get up to 140. So like rarely you can get one that'll like let you actually um interact with something that could manifest into a a cheap 50 cent uh a thing but um so when you do one um 
One of the cool things is actually, just as a side note, sometimes it's a popular one, like maybe it's on sale that week or a little cheaper to play, and you sit in a queue and you can watch other people yeah. do it. So you can see them like changing <laughs> the board before you actually get into it or learn like, hey, it's just not worth going into this corner that looks promising. It's just a, it's just a nightmare like that, that whatever rig they're using is just not going to pick any of it up. Um, and you can also see videos of like previous wins. So you can sort of like see how the claw responds to uh, uh, when it's trying to pick that uh, that item up before. But to your point, Rob, um, yes, you can interact with it and then like, you know, sort of like bump something aside. And then insidiously, it's like, hey, seems like you really wanted this item. It didn't work out. We'll knock off a couple of coins and you can give it another shot. And I don't let my kid do that it is a one and done you get one shot we do it once a day um and th- and that's it you gotta teach about just- consequences like <laughs> she she was upset the first time and then i stuck to it and uh like now she's cool like when she fails which unfortunately is most of the time but we've won three things and now we'll slowly wait to get them around christmas time and i'll just wrap them <laughs> Instead of saying they came Wait, are you from doing, Alibaba. You're doing one one individual claw go or multiple goes, but a certain amount. You can do as many as you want, and it just knocks a, but gives wait, you a But discount. are you only allowing your child to move the claw? Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. She, well, she gets one one attempt. Yes, that's it. Wow. Per day. Per day, yes. <laughs> Damn. Damn. You must have a, a will of iron. Also, those machines are supposedly i mean this was this was a uh, information that oh, may or may are, not be true Kato, these are built to fuck you like you right can right, right. The, like, the point is that if this is the type that picks up then the the trick yes. with this is that it won't uh, uh exert a certain amount of psi until it's been given enough money in the day so oh, the, tr- oh, the trick God. the trick Whoa. the trick is you watch a bunch of people fail a bunch of times and then you go in at the end for those there's a different type of claw machine that is a little more, um, a little bit because more skill based. Just, 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 just yeah. to your point, Kato, before you get to your second thing, is that that would be noteworthy if that's how these work. Please write in if they do. This would be useful. Yeah. Because, as I mentioned, you can watch in the corner of uh-huh. each one says, this is the last time this machine delivered a prize. And so it'll say 10 minutes ago, 5 minutes ago, 43 minutes ago. And so... If people know if this is how these machines yep. work, I would then I would then be trying to game it a little bit to give my kid a, a, you know an extra, right. especially because you're on only it. doing one. I think right. that it's definitely I, from things I've heard of this. It's like it's absolutely based on it's time to pay out. The PSI gets grippier. It'll actually be able to pick wow. it up. Where before it just won't. It will not. It will not grab hard enough. Now there's a different type that is a little more fair, if harder to do, because it, it presents itself as a claw game, but what it really is is a pushing game where a a a, a object of prize is kind of uh, um, balanced in between two rods in the center, and there's a claw, but what you really want to do with the claw is just jab at the edges of the thing that you're trying Can to you knock off. Can you show me a picture yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I find... I know if I've seen one of these before. Do you think Vice would let us take Kato to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> if, if by Vegas Christ. you mean... The the local Atlantic Dave and Buster's. No, look, here's the and thing. Here's and the we're thing going about to this. a claw machine. These things have I, existed. Honestly, though, if we could set up a camera at a claw machine and get us 200 bucks, people would watch us do that claw machine for two hours. Part of the re- part of 
part of the reason I know about this is that I watched a YouTube uh, a, a, a YouTube video where a, a streamer just does one of these claw games for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Here, let me find. There's a couple different ones. Claw yeah. is just the one that like popped up in, yeah. in TikTok. And there's there, there's I, ones I that are like into uh, apps or versus just this is like the one that this one was. Here, let me get this. Here's this video at this exact time. Copy so you can look. Um, this one is just uh, a website. Like you don't even have to download it. You just go to a browser mm-hmm. and fucking hit the button. Um, so go to that. Yes, Toriba. This is this is the other one that I have seen people Tariba, yeah. talk about. So this one is. Oh, is that a sandwich? It's a sandwich dog. What? It's a okay. Shiba that's a sandwich. <laughs> it's actually amazing. What? I love what they're Wait, trying to do here. What am I looking at? Click. <laughs> um. Yeah. Go to like one forty. Maybe like hit back a few a few seconds so you can see it a couple times. But you see this like very large uh, claw that seems to be wide enough to actually grab these two like plushies, which are uh-huh. I would say probably oh that's not food six inches in diameter. No, no these are like six inch diameter round cubes. Um, let's see the actual prize. If you want to look and see what what he's trying to win here, when it's not in this vacuum package, I think they pick it earlier on in like. Around one oh six. Oh, you can see it. If towards towards uh here towards one, the bottom, uh, you can see. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a screenshot. And share it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I do just want to note the streamer currently being discussed is Wayne Radio TV, a guy yeah. who I who I think does really really cool, interesting, and funny stuff. Uh, this is the person behind Half Life VR AI. Half Life VR uh, AI is, is a very funny. It's serious. Yes. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, when streamers really get close to performance art. Like improv performance art, that is my favorite version of live streaming. Is when people yep. just end up stumbling into a weird art project. And Half Life VR AI is one of my favorite. Someone just stumbled into a weird art project streams. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, and the thing that Patrick is, you can see what the thing is. It's like this little Shiba that is a is a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You can see the picture mm-hmm. on the wall in the background there, but it's like vacuum wrapped into like a little uh, sphere. So essentially, you have this crane which looks like it's the right diameter to pick it up but that's not what you do with it at all what you need to do with it is poke like have it extend it opens up and it lowers and as it lowers you want to jab at the item to knock it out from between these two things and that's how you win them um the, is that the intent or that's the hack that's like that's the intent should do that's the intent oh, okay. that's the only way to win these they never do the thing where they actually grab hard enough it only is ever used to push. Part of the thing, it's like it's in a, in, a, in a closed position when it's above the thing, but the one you hit the button, it opens up as if it's going to grab it. So you have to also account for how far out the pincer is going to be, and you have to be positioned correctly to the left or right of the item for it to push down. It's a little more complicated to actually hit your mark, but mm. in theory, you can do it if you're good at these. I've seen people who get good at this, yeah, you can do it in a lot fewer attempts than the type where it's like eventually the payout will give you the right PSI. Wow. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> uh, whoa. It's getting late here. <laughs> I have important plans. Oh my God. Like maybe going to get ice cream. <laughs> you didn't get ice cream during the break? Oh my god! We left, resurrecting. We left for an hour. Bits. I yeah, thought you went to go get yeah, ice cream. Another dead after the pitch on that bit. Got to bring it back towards the end. 
Patrick, do I see also you're back into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, just briefly. I started playing. Uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good theme song. Thanks, Kato. Um, that was not as red. What? <laughs> you oh, see, if it? only either of you had a camera. <laughs> Motherfucker. Listen, it's not my uh, look, fault. My I'm, laptop sucks. I'm happy to expense another camera. Just yeah, tell me what my budget is. I'll I'll expense one. I'll get another one of these Logitechs. Let's set it up here. That'll be fun. I have like two. I have two or three of everything now on this desk. It's yeah, wild. Dude, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna perform judo on your body. <laughs> I swear. I. I'm gonna. When I get back Been to here New York, five years doesn't know how to. Anyway, uh, yeah, Shredder's <laughs> Revenge. It's a new uh, from uh, Tribute Games. They've done a lot of. It's like a studio that has done a lot of stuff that I always get drawn in by the art, and then the um the game itself I find like less interesting. Was it Ho- Hook Shot? Was the one from a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, uh, Mercenary was Kings wasn't that also them? Um, I'm not remembering. Hook Shot was that roguelike, right? Yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was roguelike with a hook shot, which is like I just love yeah. hook shots in games, and I just and it plays so well, and I just hated the roguelike structure right i was right. just it was just dying to have structured uh, levels um it just didn't work for me. panzer pa- uh, paladin uh mercenary kings um yeah they just done a lot of games that i look at it and go i think i really want to play that and then i play it and go ah dang i'm good and uh shredder's revenge is essentially like an up a new uh take on like the really popular uh, beat-em-ups from the 90s like turtles in time uh, and things like that uh turtles in time a game that you know, it was the a, uh, a a port of an arcade game that uh, was a full price game because, of course, it would be. Uh, the cart was brought home, purchased as a big surprise from my Wait, mom. Wait, did you also have this experience? We beat it. I might have told the story on a podcast before, but like we beat it in an hour because that's as long as the game is. And my mom subsequently <laughs> screamed at whoever she could at on the Nintendo or Konami customer support lines to be like, "I can't. You sold a game." For seventy five dollars or whatever it was, and they can be eighty five dollars. No, I don't know when it was nineteen, like nineteen ninety five, closer probably. But like, like, and my kids beat it in an hour. Like, this is a ripoff. Um, and I don't think she. But you could fling foot soldiers at the camera. You could mode seven, baby. Yeah, Um, and just incredible shit. And Star's Revenge does have that, and it's like up to seven players. Uh, but I'm not really in a position to. I'm going to be playing this game with other people like i don't know it has like a you know you can i think you can pair up with strangers but like i'm not gonna do that so it's just kind of curious last night well i got this code i'm gonna check it out like see how this plays as a single player game if there's anything to it besides looking at the uh like the really cute and very good pixel graphics uh and like surprisingly there is i it it is still definitely a game that is probably best played with other people but i was both surprised at the depth to the like combat mechanics like it's not like they've gone full in like there's parries and things like that but there's mm. there's a lot like there's like a full level like three levels of supers that have dyna- like there's a Ooh. you're building up those super uh, meters by chaining uh hits together oh, um there's a whole dodging mechanic um like multiple like jumping and combos like it was just there's more depth to it than you normally would get out of like a beat em up which like especially the coin muncher ones from the 90s are like I don't know. You're going to get hit a lot and just go find your parents so you can get another dollar to put in. Like they were just meant to be cheap and not really beatable. Um, and, and this one, you know, it has things like iframes with the uh, with the enemies where like this still has the 
these sense of cheap shots that I think are in some ways probably intrinsic to games of this type. Um, but I found it like surprisingly fun and enjoyable as a single player thing, both because of the combat and also because of this, like what they call the challenge system, which is like, here are micro goals to accomplish while you're just moving from left to right and adoring the pretty art and throwing the foot clan uh, at the, at the screen, <laughs> the ones too many levels, even in the first couple hours are like beat it without getting hit. And she's like, no, like that's no, like that's just not gonna gonna happen. And I like I googled it to be like, am I missing something? Is there like a block or a, you know, how do you how would you even do this? And like, just like so many threads are like the challenges are really cool. I really wish there weren't so many ones where it's don't get hit because they're not very fun. Um, mm-hmm. but it's it's things like uh, one of them. Rob is like throw you know fifteen enemies at the screen and like that's fun like a fun like little thing to incorporate into what you're doing that makes a game that is sort of built upon repetition have a little bit of like depth um, while you're maybe like going through the level, trying to find like a collectible you might've missed. So, um, you know, it's not a game that I don't know that I'd like wholly recommend if you're going to play it by yourself, but it is not a game that is like meaningless without other people. Like like, I'll be fine if all I get out of this is a couple of hours, like really enjoying the art and, uh, like the the whole like vibe uh, of it, and like going through this really cool two D world pixel map that they they've built, um, and then finishing out these challenges. As long as they don't require me to get mad at the fact that like a Foot Clan member I saw off screen hit me, and suddenly challenge failed. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, like Shredder's Revenge is 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 really good uh, and really pretty. Um, and uh, yeah, I think people should check it out. Awesome. Did you get it on? Is that on Switch or? I'm all Steam Deck now, baby. Steam I Deck. have it on a Switch. It's a portable, portable, it's a more powerful portable Switch for me, baby. <laughs> uh, um, oh, and the other note I, is, is Ren, I just, <sighs> Neon White is less fun to play when I see you fall off the leaderboard. And so, um, I will you know, catch back I'm, up. I will, I will happily, I will happily. Like, I, it's like, it's like tangibly, like I, I hit whatever marker you did and I was like, she's not there anymore. I was like, okay, well. Who's left? It's, That's it, all right. I will come back. Uh, Patrick, honestly, if you just tell me when you... When, when you, I'm I will, come, <laughs> I will come back. I will beat all of your scores. And then I will, and then I will like, go to the next mission. We're just, we're just Thank playing. You. Thank you. I just we're finished just... mission five. Um, okay. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm up to now. It feels like two-third-ish through the game or, or so. You'll leave him a couple chalk marks on the doorframe. Uh, <laughs> I know to... who my target is. I figured out who I'm my target t- is. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, and you know, I, you know what? For all the dunking I've done, I went back this morning thinking, can I do a bit on this show mm. where I was like, hey, Kato, it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't see your times, Kato, but like, it doesn't, if you caught up, like, it's not going to matter. Like, actually, like, Kato's times are really good. <laughs> it's like, I, if Kato, if I need to stay, I need Ren to keep pace with me yeah. and Kato to stay behind because then I'll just be annoyed <laughs> that Kato's spending so much more time to lop off the, t- the times on his God, runs. Um, uh, so. Kato, I have an important question for you. Mm-hmm. Where are your times relative to a particular uh, to a particular to a particular Sean that we know? Oh, I beat Sean. I beat. Here's Sean. the thing: well, Sean is not... Joel's benchmark. I feel like. Well, here's the thing: I'm still in the 
first mission. Because here's the thing. I, I got I to gotta go check. Because Joel and Sean were like, Joel spent more time in those first missions. I haven't seen what it gets to in the late game. This is going to be fun for me because I'll have both Ren and Patrick's times ahead oh, of me I mean, as I, I go through. It sounds like you'll have everybody ahead of you. You'll be like... <laughs> The I just mean as people that I will talk to again Earth. recently. You'll be like, where do I stack up? <laughs> I mean, Kato, I I have started topping topping my friend. When I last time I last time I went in, I was I was topping my friends list. Nice. Um uh last time I played. So I should I should I should I should go back. Um John is very good. Did you know that there's a fifth medal? A fifth medal? What? Yes. So there's there's bronze, silver, gold, ace. Mm-hmm. And then a fifth dev medal, which is if you. Beat I thought Patrick got really into alchemy what? for a second. It's that <laughs> you beat the dev time. Yeah, you, where, beat, you beat the. I, 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 I the presume the. Uh, uh, it's not listed. You Shit. can find it if you're good enough. Fuck. Well, I'm sure they're. I'm sure it's actually listed somewhere. Somewhere, sure somewhere, somewhere. I will, I will list, have, to, I will have to find this because I think oh, that no. I have to have gotten close because there are some missions where I'm I am within spitting distance of. I, I become within spitting distance of like the good times, capital mm-hmm, G. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider myself within spitting distance of the good times when I look at the board and I go, "That is, those are execution milliseconds." Once I realize that they're execution milliseconds, I mostly move on. But um, every once in a while, I'll stick around. There's there was one the other day that was just it was delicious. Uh, it was a it was in uh, mission three, Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. The one where you're uh, with the waterfall. It starts with the waterfall with a bunch of stomps. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. That was so fucking fun. Oh, that one. That one feels so good to play. It's a it, what an excellent video game. Note to self: download and play Neon White on my laptop after this podcast ends. <laughs> I'm hold on, just uh, checking time. I'm I'm loading up Neon White. Yeah. I want to see because I, I found I found the times and I can I can compare this relative to, um, oh my god, our own, and we'll and then we will get. Oh, it's so loud. And then we'll get Rob on his way to so he can go enjoy his ice ice cream oh, be quiet. again. Also, uh, Patrick, can you cream. let me know if my uh where uh my level three times are relative to yours. Sorry, did you ask me a question? Sorry, I had the game was blaring in my ears and I had to no turn worries. down the volume. <laughs> I just I just said I just want I just want it on the record where where our times are relative to each other. Now that we have well, now that we have set now that we have set up the the way that we're doing this, I am I'm so curious now. Um uh, let's see. Can I not? Okay, so the first level movement. Um Kato. Yeah. Your time. 18 seconds. 18.784. Um, Ren's 20.235. For some reason, it's not scrolling over, so I can't see mine. But it's under that. <laughs> um, and so Kato, to, as a reminder, because this is the most closest point of comparison. Yeah, yeah. Eight, Kato's is 18.784. Oh, you, I think you did get it, Kato. Because this it? is 18.93. What? When does it tell you that? What? Did I get a thing? I don't remember getting a thing. Maybe I you should just, go back and look. Uh, yeah, I should go back. So, and, where does it list them? Does it list them in a specific place? These can't be right because I didn't. Okay, this says I beat this one. Right. And do they only unlock I after you finish the game or something? Is like we'll mm. we'll show it to you after because I haven't 
you know, obviously haven't finished. <laughs> I I All have a I have an important red. question. Hmm. Yeah. Do we know that it's static? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Are we sh- okay? We know that it's static and isn't a situation where the devs can theoretically, if they improve their times, change where the dev metal is. <laughs> yeah, that I would don't be understand. Very funny. Yeah, because like this one for the second level, Pummel, 8.32. Uh, oh, I guess I did. Okay. So yeah, 8.32. I got 9.27. Ren's got 9.22. Kato's got 8.29. So yeah, you technically beat that one. I don't remember it showing me anything. Mm. And I wonder whether or not they just don't show up till later. Maybe it's just a maybe it's just a, an achievement. But it says red medals are given for dev. You can look at if you want to look it up later, yeah, apparently yeah. Tora Horse is the name on the leaderboard. Those are the dev times. Oh, um, okay. Which is kind of cool that they are on their own right. leaderboard. Um anyway. So to this point, remember we had questions about how these leaderboards and challenge times are set. Uh, let's see. Jake Rabinowitz uh, wrote in sort of explaining how uh, they've solved this for or how they approach this with their game. Uh, so Jake writes in Highway Pointers, episode 491 of the podcast. You discussed how game devs pick the metal times for their games. I want to chime in with how I landed on them for my game Pogo Champ. I tried to answer a lot of the things you brought up uh, during your conversation, so I broke this into sections. Sorry it's so long. It's not that long. But I hope it helps uh, answer some of the questions you had. Uh, quick things about the game to frame the info that follows. It's a 3D platform. It's designed with speedrunners and non-gamers in mind. Short levels, all less than a minute. Uh, four challenge times on each level. And then leaderboards for each level, uh, global and friends only. And then leaderboard scores uh, have replays. So determining challenge times. I playtest levels for fun and difficulty as I'm building them, and after I'm satisfied with the level, I'll determine the start times. Over the course of development, I came up with a rubric for how to determine each start time as follows. Completing the level at all gets you one star. Two stars, I hold the controller upside down and play the level. Really? Uh, No flipping, no advanced techniques. Uh, I assume flipping is one of the mechanics uh, that's being used there. Uh, three stars, some flipping, no advanced techniques. I'll typically do one extra jump that isn't necessary. But then there are secret rainbow jump times, uh, rainbow rainbow jumps for most all times, uh, perfectly timed jumps that give extra speed, no necessary, no unnecessary extra jumps. Uh, rainbow jump times are not world record times and should not require world record skills. I will play mm. level twenty to fifty times for each of these categories. I'll take note of my completion times until I have what I consider a good archetypal run for each category and set the time based on that, usually my score plus some fudge factor. The purpose of challenge times, something you didn't talk about in your discussion but might be of interest, uh, is the question, what what purpose do these times serve? The original purpose of the different challenge times in PogoChamp was to hint to people about what was possible. My original three-star times were much harder than they are now with the idea that people would see them as aspirational. Instead of aspirational, players found these times demoralizing because they (laughs) seemed impossible to beat and nobody wants just two stars. Adding leaderboards to each level meant that people could already see the extent of what was possible, so it's free to adjust those challenge times to serve a more useful purpose. The leaderboards also have replays attached to every record, so it's an extremely useful teaching learning tool for people learning to improve their times or just gawk at world records. Now, 
The star times serve as a way to make sure that people don't get to levels they aren't prepared for. In PokéChamp, you need a certain number of stars to unlock the next set of levels. As counterintuitive as it might seem, blocking people's progression with these barriers is actually a super important part of what keeps the game from becoming frustrating. Requiring a certain amount of expertise before exposing players to harder challenges ensures they don't get in over their heads. Forcing players to go back and replay earlier levels to get more stars also serves as a way for players to clearly see how much their skills have improved over the course of the game. Uh, Unintended tech. The main criteria I use for deciding whether to patch out an unintended strategy or technique is, A, is it cool? And B, how easy is it? Examples of techniques I've patched out for being not cool or too easy. Um, On one level, this optimal strategy was to wait for a sheep to randomly walk into or near the pen before you start moving. I changed it so the sheep's wandering doesn't start until you've moved. This is very good marketing, Jason. I'm getting more curious about this game as you as you talk about it. On conservation of momentum, a level where the goal is on a shelf that juts out from the wall, the goal zone extended through the bottom of the shelf, meaning the fastest strategy was to jump straight up through the bottom of the shelf. This was clearly a bug, so I fixed it and removed the offending leaderboard entries. Techniques I haven't patched out, positioning your character on moving objects can cause them to surf on the object. Landing in the corner of a wall and a conveyor belt can cause your next jump to go farther than it normally would. Uh, Jumping from wall to wall is technically faster than jumping off the ground, in part because walls have less friction. Uh, Other things I haven't patched, uh, crashing while charging a jump can cause your character's ragdoll to fly two to five times as far as it should. I found the root cause of this bug, but haven't fixed it because I think it's funny. (laughs) A benefit of having replays for all leaderboard entries is that it's easy to see new techniques as they appear, and if I decide to patch out an exploit, I can go through and remove the entries that used it. Uh, As far as hidden unexplained tech, sometimes the reason certain advanced techniques in games aren't explained is that explaining them is hard, and they're not necessary for most players. Uh, PogoChamp has a rainbow jump, which gives your jobs increased height and speed. Rainbow jumps are required for top leaderboard scores, and the secret rainbow jump times but not for any of the normal gameplay. Thoroughly explaining how to rainbow jump in text, resigning a level that requires them, was way too cumbersome for a game with so little explicit tutorialization, so they remain a quote-unquote secret advanced technique. Most people find them accidentally and eventually figure out how to do them, but some people never do, and that's fine, because the game can be completed without them. Saving players from themselves. Something that happens occasionally during streams and playtests is similar to what happened to Kato. People will play the first level, get a one-star time, and then grind that level for better star times without first building up a fundamental understanding of the game's mechanics or playing through the rest of the quote-unquote tutorial levels. No offense. As a game developer, this can be kind of annoying. But I've done a few things that helped make this problem less prevalent. Hardest challenges are hidden by default. Rainbow gem times are only visible if you've obtained every normal star in the game. This prevents people from chasing a goal they're not ready for. Older versions of the game didn't hide these challenge times, so people wouldn't even get past level one. All leaderboard entries have replays. I'd already built in the system, so attaching the replays to the leaderboard was straightforward. Thanks, Steam. Uh, leaderboard replays provide a much more comprehensive teaching tool than I ever could create for the game manually. Want to see how your friend got such a fast time? Just watch them do it. You can even race against a ghost of their time to compare side by side. These tactics don't work 100% of the time, but it has been a long time since I've seen anyone play level one over and over for an hour. 
Regarding the eight. call the little freaking to figure out what their time is approach uh, that, that Ren cited, there's a little bit of truth to this. One of my longtime friends has been obsessed with the game and is number one on the leaderboard on every level. I will say, though, his advice on star times and level design is, for the most part, very bad. <laughs> Hope that gives you some more insight into the logic behind some of the decisions uh, devs are making. Happy to clarify this or any other questions you have. Thanks for being a voice of sanity in these crazy times. Keep up all the great work. Uh, Jake Rabinowitz. Nice. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, Toro yeah. Horse. Torohorse.com. That's Ben Esposito. That's just his website. That is his username ah. everywhere. So extremely good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'll say to, uh, to Neon White's great credit, uh, like the times that they landed on. And hopefully I'll have more insight into that when, unfortunately, I'm going to get answers to that while I'm on vacation next week. But, um, like, they don't feel too daunting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so, you know, to to this, you know, person who was writing in is like, even the, like, ace medal, the one that is like, hey, you're really going to have to kind of nail everything and know one of the secrets to get there. It it all feels within reach. Maybe that that changes based on, you know, like your own personal skill ceiling. But, like, I have found that I've done the ace medal on every single level, including a really cool boss fight that I wasn't expecting uh, about halfway through the game. Uh, and there's all really satisfying. Like it never feels like I couldn't do this. It's like, no, I yeah. just need to spend like 10, 15 minutes and I can do it. And it's really fucking satisfying. And I'm sure like finding that balance between all that stuff and a game that, especially on your first run through a level, like early on is like, okay, like how am I going to shave 25 seconds off this? And then you do uh, is really good and seems really hard. Uh, to to find that balance so credit to neon white and that's really cool that that person wrote in to to let us know yeah i think i think the the two intended route strategy or two explicit route strategy of neon white is 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 a really is a really brilliant way to do this um noticing the second route on your first attempt or like the quote-unquote second route on your first attempt is one of my favorite feelings in that game uh where it's like oh i got the ace medal on my first attempt because i just did the level in a way that does not traditionally make sense, but it worked. Um, and I think I think that is a, a really good call on their part. All right, well, I'm in a hurry to get the Dairy Queen. That's a wrap <laughs> on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want, what if you didn't get an ice cr- ice cream from a from a claw machine, Bob? Uh, I think that'd be a mess. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty nasty. <laughs> pretty nasty. I'm not oh, saying no. I wouldn't. Cone crunching. But pretty nasty. Actually, wait. Consider one of no, those little be useful. Dippin' Dot boxes. Uh, not boxes, you oh, know. Um, Love the Dippin' Dots. See, I'm imagining dots. a claw machine. You know, yeah, the, the little dot ice cream. The little, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 but what if the claw machine was just scoopers? And like, <laughs> there's just a, a pit of ice cream and you're just oh moving God. it across the pit. And <laughs> but it but, lowers but, down. So it lowers down <laughs> and it tries to scoop, but unless Every you put in enough money, it doesn't push hard enough to actually dig into the ice cream. Oh Use that feet quarters in until like the climate control fails just a little bit and the ice can soften sufficiently. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the. <laughs> Advanced unintended ice cream claw machine strats are letting the claw machine break one ice cream cone so it gets sticky from the sugar uh, and it makes it actually so you don't need as high of a PSI on the second ice cream cone you pick up because it's so sticky. (laughs) Unintended strats. That's how you actually set the uh, rainbow jump time on the ice cream claw machine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, if you want more from Waypoint, 
can't get it here. We're done uh, for this week. It's over. <laughs> uh, but if you insist, you can go on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, they cannot find me on the Internet for the next week because I will be on vacation with Out my family. Um, uh, but otherwise, you can find me at Patrick Klopik. Ren. You can find me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Kato. At A underscore Kato underscore appears. You can also check out what we published on waypoint.vice.com. Uh, this week we had uh, Ren writing up her reactions and experiences with Last Call BBS. Uh, so that is well worth reading. It's a delightful piece. Uh, we've also been streaming a whole bunch thanks to Waypoint Plus. Uh, Ren and I achieved a marginal victory over uh, the, <laughs> the start of uh, chaos infestation in Warhammer uh, Demon Hunters. It's a rousing victory. Thank you very much. All of the characters in the game said we did a great job, except for that one guy. Uh, there are a few characters who said we didn't do a great job or like, oh, did no. we do the right thing? Either way, we made one problem turn into like six problems and then we called it. Uh, so I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, speaking of problems, sort of metastasizing Patrick, uh, Kato and I have been playing a lot of motorsport manager. Um, I thought we get fired. We didn't. Um, so that's been going yeah, better. Actually, we got a uh, lot we, of leeway there. I think we had our first good results. Uh, so we're clawing our way forward. Uh, we are the claw machine now, uh, <laughs> trying to pluck those delicious uh, points finishes. Yeah. Uh, out of out of our racing series. Uh, so all that is made possible uh, by our Waypoint Plus uh, subscribers. If you uh, want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. That gives you access to our premium feed, and it also supports Waypoint and everything else we do here. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. For now, we are calling time on this week. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. I was trying to make a, a a funny goof where you just say like, "Yeah, we took an hour break, even though we didn't." <laughs> what a, what a so, fun taking joke. advantage of the of the form, really. Right? Um, you know, it's a podcast. Like they don't know. It's they not real know. time. It's gonna be cut out. <laughs> it's all it's all an illusion. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.